We are all born artists and creators, yet slowly but surely our false programming from society, culture, and family takes us down a different path. I was born a spiritual gangster, and the awakened dad is the journey back to myself. My name is Brent Hurd, and I've taken the journey of achieving what I thought was success and found myself lying on an operating table facing the edge of life. My mission is to help as many of us reclaim who it is that we truly are and help 100 million children live out their greatest lives. Join me each Thursday in listening to the stories of those who have made it back to themselves and lived a life of fulfillment and joy. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Lindsay Simsick to The Awakened Dad and the story behind Lindsay Simsick. I have to start out and say having her on this show is an incredible honor for me because Lindsay and I met through a mutual friend. And this was many months ago. I had explained to Lindsay about the Awakened Dad, and I had explained to her about the start-stop of the Awakened Dad. And Lindsay's response to me was, I got you. <laughs> and so I just want to say how amazing and excited I am to have you on the show today. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty wild that we're doing this. I feel like literally it was. It feels like a week ago that we were like, okay, so you want to do this podcast. What is that going to take? What are the actual steps? But then also what are the like mindset blocks that are keeping you from really doing this? Because from my perspective, when you told me about it, I was like, oh, this is, this already is like, it was that alive. So the fact that we're recording and I'm not your first episode, you've recorded so many incredible episodes and have been just like on this momentum train that is like, I mean, the potential is just truly infinite. So I'm, I'm really honored and I'm excited to be here. So awesome. So, so I just have to reflect back because when we initially had the conversation and you said, okay, here are the things that really, you really were like operating in coach mode and you're like, okay, listen, here, here's the equipment that you need to get. Here are the steps that I want you to take. And let's like reconnect in a few weeks or a month. And so we reconnected in a few weeks or a month. And I was like, I haven't done any of it. And And you were just very gentle with me was sort of the feeling that I had gotten. Because in most cases, I haven't had gentleness along the way. And I think it was the gentle, open, creative approach that just allowed me to go when the time came. And I truly felt that when it came, it happened quickly, like from literally the equipment to the guests to, and to the point where, and I just have to say this, like you spending the time with me to put the equipment together. (laughs) I mean, I, I was like, so, so as As most people know, Lindsay hosts an amazing podcast called Almost 30 and has been hosting it for quite some time with her co-host, Krista. And they have built this most amazing community and connected community. It's such a beautiful thing that has been created. So I just want to say thank you uh, for all that you've done with all that you have on your plate. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things I love most is really helping people to, I think podcasting is just kind of what we have found ourselves in, but really helping people to realize their own gifts and those gifts might make them money and they might not, they might provide another currency of just like pure joy and fulfillment. But I feel like I did not allow myself to recognize my own gifts or even give myself the chance of recognizing or pursuing my own gifts for quite some time. And I'm actually, I feel like I'm still kind of in that process with some of my gifts. And so it actually really brings me a lot of joy when I can sit with someone like you and just kind of be with where you're at. You know, I think we in the process of bringing something into the world that is from your heart, it's such a vulnerable thing. And we can shame ourselves when we don't, when we don't do it fast enough, when we don't do it well enough, when it doesn't hit number one, when we don't have the amount of listeners that we want in this case, it's like we shame ourselves. And then we go back into our little cave and we're like, well, you know, it lives in my heart, but I guess that's where it'll always live. Maybe sharing it is just too much. And maybe I'll just do what I've always known and just kind of go the safe route. And I really like sitting with people through those moments because it's really not as scary as we make it out to be in our minds. Yeah. It's funny. As you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, when you start talking about podcasting, I was thinking, what is the act of podcasting like from a from a spiritual perspective, like, like, what is it? Meaning there's something deeper than the surface level of podcasting. And it's almost as we're talking, and this is coming to me, it's almost, this is, this is, this is, wow, this is important. So it's almost a channel for all of us essentially with these layers of technology that have been put in place Mm -hmm. to broadcast our individual channels to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I say this, wow, this is profound. And I say this because so, so obviously you helped me set this thing up. I started to do the podcast and Lindsay, it's turned into now where I will put on my equipment, my when I put on my headphones and I get in front of the microphone, something changes in me. And I was in discussion with someone, actually I was in discussion with my my uh, uh, another episode. She was an astrologer and she reflected back to me. She said, "Yeah, you actually go into channel." She's she said it's actually totally normal. Like literally people will use symbols or things that actually puts them into channel. Wow. Mm -hmm. I am getting chills having this, 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 this piece Mm -hmm. here. So it's like this, what I feel like you have given me is the gift of me being able to access my channel at any time I want to. And there's no greater gift on the planet, in my opinion, because for me, accessing my channel is, it's like accessing your greatest gift. Mm -hmm. It is. It absolutely is. And I think if we can, everyone listening, just kind of close our eyes and imagine what it would be like if every single person on this earth 
we're connected to that channel Mm. and it might not be broadcasting to thousands of people. It might be something so intimate and private, but they feel connected to the divine and connected to something within them that is, I think, as you put it, this their seat of greatness, but really to that like divine part of them, that God in them. And I know when I feel it and it is, it's the best feeling in the world. It, this is what it feels like. And you might feel this when you're podcasting sometimes sometimes I'll come, come out of it or kind of finish channeling. And for my, in my case, it's singing Mm. and I'll be like, where did that come from? You know, it will be, it'll be so me that it feels a little bit out of like larger than me because I don't access it all the time. And sometimes I get tripped up because I'm like, how do I get there again? Mm-hmm. How do I feel that again? I want to feel that again. So I love this idea of having literal 3D things that kind of put you in that channeling state. And for me, like I'll do, I'll just call, I'll call on my guides and my angels and my ancestors. I'll light a candle. I'll bring my crystals around. I'll do all the woo-woo stuff that we talk about, but maybe we don't always do. And I just really set the space. And I allow myself to be there rather than, okay, I only have 30 minutes to do this. Like you got to do that. You know, it's like really allow ourselves to be there and, and almost like sit into the seat of the soul. It's we've heard it. We've read the book, but it's like, really, what does it feel like to sit in the seat of the soul rather than up here in the mind where it's so melodramatic and it's so fast and makes assumptions and really doesn't listen to the heart. They don't communicate that well. So yeah, I mean, I just, I, I feel it from you that you are absolutely channeling when you are on the podcast. Yeah, it is. It is very much something that, 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 that I feel it's, it's a a place that I go. And for me, what, what has happened? I mean, I have had these, these, these feelings that, that I could podcast every day. Mm. But what I know is, is that's actually me saying, I want to go into channel every day. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like my, my, my setup, which, which just, just in terms of like, I guess my own kind of self from a, from a spiritual perspective, like the thing that I get so filled up is, is when I have a dream that literally like, like sleeping at night and I have a dream that is so incredibly vivid, there are times when I can, when I have these dreams and I wake up in the morning and I feel like something has refreshed my whole system from a dream where I, where it was so vivid and what that feel and the, the same feeling happens from when I have a dream and wake up and I'm like, man, I just feel like I like went to go spend time with some angels or some guides or I went to another place. Like I know I went to another place. Like I, I go to another place sometimes. I know how important it is. I actually once had this other astrologer say to me, or it was, he was an intuitive. Mm-hmm. He said to me, listen, you're in your birth chart. You have this ability to 
to really go to these other places in your dreams. He said, and do this. He said, make sure that when you have these dreams, that you write them down in a journal or record it the next day so that you can bring that dimension into your reality. And I was mm. Whoa. I was like, man, I never actually just kind of thought about that. Yeah. And so I've been doing it. Like I'll, I'll wake up at four o'clock in the morning after this pretty awesome dream and I'll just like record in my phone. And then the next day I'll write. So he was like, basically give the dream life. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the same feeling that I get after a dream, I get when I am doing this. I feel like there is a bubble around me when I, when the microphone is on, when the, my headphones are on and I'm hearing my own voice, that something happens and it's a similar feeling. Mm, so powerful. Yeah. I love that idea of bringing our dreams or kind of like astral travel, bringing that reality, that dimension into this one. I think that's so, so powerful. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I haven't been able to lucid dream or astral travel. I definitely have astral traveled briefly and it's so quick and I come back because I'm like, whoa. <laughs> oh. um, so I haven't learned or I haven't practiced enough to be able to uh, be there. But yeah, I love those feelings. I love those feelings of, because we are all inter or we are all multidimensional. And I think it is really innate to be able to go between dimensions, but we forget because the matrix, you know what I mean? Like we totally forget that we are (laughs) multidimensional beings. And I think sometimes I think about babies. I'm like, wow, I look at them. I'm like, they see so much more than we know they see because they have yet to be kind of like indoctrinated into what this like 3D world is here. Same with animals. I, I think animals are always, always, always operating on different dimensions. Oftentimes you'll hear about like dogs that are barking at nothing. And and I I believe dogs can feel and sense and maybe see spirits and it's just fascinating. So, so speaking of the, the babies, so I, so my youngest is five Mm -hmm. and there are many times specifically last week, a few days ago, actually, he was in the bathtub. I was in another room and I walked in to check on him and he was in the middle of a conversation mm-hmm. and he's by himself. And I just stood kind of away from the door to, to hear, cause I'm very tuned into this stuff mm-hmm. and, and he's having a full on conversation with a friend and talking about how, well, mommy said, I can't do this today and laughing with this friend. With and by the way, we used to all call these like imaginary friends. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you have an imaginary friend, and that would be a totally normal statement that people would make about their kids. Oh, yeah, he's playing with his imaginary friend. And the reality is, is that imaginary friend is actually spirit. Yeah, yeah, I realized that a couple of years ago as well. I had imaginary friends up the wazoo. I would talk to them while I would be on the toilet. <laughs> Susan and John just hanging out. But yeah, I I completely, I completely believe that. And I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about her, like the younger me, like at your son's age. And, and I, thankfully my mom was, she was a stay at home mom at the time and like just videotaped almost everything, not almost everything, but like quite a bit. And so I can go back and watch videos of me at that age. And I just see, I saw a video the other day that I watched kind of 
frequently. And I'm talking to this praying mantis in the bush. And I've actually been seeing a lot of them around me lately. And I'm talking to this praying mantis in the bush and I named him and I'm talking to him. And it's just like, I, it's like this, there's no veil between me and nature, me and anything really. And it was just really beautiful to kind of see that lack of separation. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, so like as a kid, were do, do you remember, I mean, obviously from seeing these tapes, but even outside, were there other things that you connected to? Do you remember, like, did you see things like meaning, did you see spirit? Did you, or was it through nature and through things like that? How did that? Yeah. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. I didn't see spirits, but I definitely felt them. And I think, I think that as a child through my dreams, I was definitely connecting with spirits and it kind of scared me. So I I was pretty scared. I was pretty scared at night in the dark, alone in my bed. So I didn't really know how to connect with them, but I think overall, I just was always very, I think, I think they call it a nature empath or like plant empath, animal empath, where I would feel, and I guess I look back and I'm like, oh, that's just my imagination. But no, I really would feel like what the plants and animals were feeling. And I felt like I could kind of dip into their world and peacefully be a part of it and be kind of like this little liaison between like, okay, this, like this ant and like the big world, I wanted to protect it. I wanted to make sure it was okay. And I just kind of like very much picked up on, I don't know, it's feeling in its little world and whether that was just me kind of dreaming about that or not. But I think that I've always had that connection and I would I would collect like insects as friends. I would have like caterpillars. It's probably not like the best thing. They should be on nature, but I would keep them for like a week and we would be friends and we would talk and then I would let them go. And yeah, I, I always feel very, very connected and living in a city now, I really go out of my way to find the nature here and I'm in Brooklyn. So it's a little bit easier and I'm really, I'm taking what I can get truly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you, you just transitioned to Brooklyn from LA, which Mm -hmm. was like a a very different sort of scenario. And how was, how, how, how is that? How's that sort of, you know, LA and ocean and like, there's something for me, by the way, and the Pacific ocean in the sense of the, the, the power of the Pacific ocean, mm-hmm. the, 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 just like the feeling that, I don't know, there's something for me that I connect very deeply with, with the Pacific. Yeah. How's that transition been just from, uh, from that perspective? And then where, where, what do you do for nature? How do you get into nature there where you are? Yeah. The transition has been much better than I can ever imagine. And I think it's because I am not like yearning for what I don't have or had in LA. I think there's so much new here where I am, even though I've lived in New York before, but like, I'm really seeing it with new eyes because I'm different. And so I'm just really stimulated by every new walk that I take or every new park that I find or every new coffee shop that I find my way into. And it's those little things that I'm like, wow, like 
Sure. My mind could definitely go to, huh, I miss like walking on the beach and dipping my toes in the ocean. Can't do that here on the East River or the Hudson, but that's okay. I still, I live a few blocks from the East River, the water, like it opens up into the ocean eventually. And um, I, I found it to be beautiful. I find water in general to be really beautiful and calming and Right now I'm, I feel very spoiled because New York just shines like right in between like the hot, humid summer and the depths of winter. She just like opens up and she just glimmers. It's pretty crazy. So I'm just like taking it in. I'm taking her in. And I, as far as nature goes, I take a walk every single morning, which at least for an hour, sometimes I'll go for two hours depending. And I just get lost. I make a point to go places that I haven't gone before. I like intuitively walk. So if I feel like, oh, I want to walk down the street. I'll walk down the street. And I just make sure that I'm walking also through, there's a beautiful pier or many piers along the water that that have been, I don't know. I feel like they created little forests for people to just kind of get lost in. And I get lost in them. And it's really, it's really darling. I feel like that was the city's way of kind of bringing the green to the big city. And it's just absolutely beautiful. So I, I find my way there and I listen to the birds and I just like notice and I wander and I get really curious. It's kind of like when I was five and I was like going in my backyard and just like finding all these cool little creatures and playing in the dirt. And I think that for me is super satisfying. I think the next thing I want to do is just commit to getting outside side of the city. We're going to get a car. So going up to the Hudson Valley or just making trips where I can truly get off of this particular grid. Um, It's not bad here, but it definitely has an energy. You know, it's quite strong. So I'm just very mindful of that and mindful of when I kind of need to unplug and like allow my nervous system to regulate. Oh yeah. I know about that. Then the the nervous system that is, that is, yeah, that's funny. I know about that. I actually really had never tuned into my nervous system probably until I went through this, this, this big shift in my life. The, the, the question that I, that I was, I was thinking about as you were, as you were talking, cause I was thinking about, you, know, you were talking about as a, you were as a kid and, and, and your childhood, was there ever, was there ever a time in your childhood that you had these like visions of, or dreams of, of this work that you're doing now? Like, did, did, did you ever see any of that in any way, shape or form as a kid? Any of that show up? Yeah. I mean, definitely not podcasting, but I think that I always wanted to be a performer. And when I say that it's, it, it it lands for me as, or manifests for me as being able to express myself and my talents in a way where a lot of people can enjoy it and be inspired by it or laugh or just feel. And so that has manifested in many different ways throughout my life, whether it's singing, dancing, acting, writing, and now podcasting and singing's coming back around. And yeah, I always, I always knew that I would be sharing my gifts in a public way. And I just, 
I had to kind of go through the, or walk the path of what I thought was the traditional path of like an actress or a musical theater um, actor where I'm like, okay, so I got to go to the college that has the right program. And then after college, I moved to New York and then I get a teacher or I'm in a class that it's like, what is the path? Like, what is the right path? And I was always searching for that, like what I was missing. And it wasn't until I, I think it wasn't until I moved out to LA and I began this path of podcasting where I was creating my own opportunity. I was reading my own script. I was being myself and being recognized for it that I understood that the path I was walking, wanting to be an actress or performer, not that it wasn't for me, but what it required was that I look so far outside of myself to be what everyone wanted me to be rather than just illuminate what I already had. And I think that's what's kind of troubling to me when I see people pursuing this career of wanting to be an actor, actress, be famous, be this, be a YouTuber, be that, whatever. I think we can get really tripped up by the like, by the like machine that creates or that establishes what is successful and who becomes successful. And then we try to be that rather than be more of ourselves. So it's just, I, I'm, I, I constantly navigate that, but I've just found that being myself is so much easier, more natural and much more sustainable and fulfilling. You know, so like the thing that pops into my mind is, is this question, why is it so hard for everyone to be themselves? It's like, like, like our, 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 our our God given right our God-given abilities when we come. And then so many of us, and when I ask this question, there's a part of me that is asking, because this was my own struggle, of why is it so difficult for all of us to just be our truest selves? And I, I, I then can answer that with fear of rejection and lack of approval and programming that we all sort of dealt with in some way, shape or form, family, society, culture, whatever it may be. But it feels like such a, such a challenge for humanity Mm. to, to, to just show up as who it is you truly are. I mean, that was my biggest struggle. That is what this has given me is the ability to show up as the real McCoy Mm -hmm. and but in most cases, Lindsay, I feel there is such a small percentage of people that actually do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, it's very specific for everyone. I feel like we can all track it back to moments maybe in our childhood. You know, I think that we live in a world where we're kind of at one point or another indoctrinated into like what is successful, what is acceptable, what is like the status quo. And there are parts of us that 
don't always fit that. And so out of love and wanting to guide their children, parents or caregivers or teachers will, will place these expectations on children. And in some cases they have no choice, but to dim or abandon who they really are in order to be loved, in order to be accepted. And that's really what it comes down to. Like, I will not be loved if I do not do this, or if I do not behave like this. Mm. And yeah, I wouldn't blame any child. I mean, I, I definitely had that experience for just wanting to do whatever it takes to be loved and protected and safe. So that makes sense to me, but I think it's exciting to think about who our children become when we listen to who they are rather than tell them who they are. And I don't know, I'm not a parent, so I don't know how tough that's going to be or easy it's going to be. I think you have more um, experience with that, but yeah, I think as adults, I see it all the time. Just people and myself included, just not comfortable being who we really are. Sometimes we walk so far from who we really are that we don't know who we really are. And then we're like, I don't know how to be who I really am. I know how to be this other person who's kind of parading in the world and successful and doing this and that and in these relationships. And we forget who we really are. And, you know, being in a partnership now, like that is mirrored to me all the time. Like I have moments where I'm like, wait, how do I feel? Mm-hmm. And I have to like take that time to be like, wait, who am I? How do I feel? What do I believe? And it's very confronting, but it's also super liberating when we allow ourselves the time to sit with that and see what really in our bodies and in our hearts feels most aligned rather than what our mind is telling us we must do in order to be a part of the group, society, what have you. Listen, I can say with 100% confidence that the amount of years that I showed up as someone different Mm. because I felt that that's what the role that I was in, whether usually career, the role I was in required me to show up as this type of human. And in me showing up as such a different type of human every day, was eventually the thing that made me as sick as I was. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, and I know that. And so it, it's, it's like this, I feel like I'm on this, this, this mission to uncover all of the, cause there's so many layers of the cake that actually get us to the place of the, the, the most 180 degree version of who it is that we truly are, where, whether it began with the, 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 the comments from mom and dad or brother, Mm -hmm. sister, or friends or society or school, where you really just shifted out of who it is that you came up onto this planet as, Mm. because usually who we come onto this planet as are these very unique and different characters and Mm -hmm. and, and humans. And it's funny, like I would always say, no one comes out of the womb begging to be a corporate executive. We are, (laughs) we're all artists and creators. And I'm not, that, that, that's no, no, no downside to the, to the corporate world. 
it's just a this because I was in it, this hierarchical world where you are required to be something different. You are required to show up as a different version of yourself in order to to get something. And that exchange system, that value exchange system that's created, where it's show up as something different, speak differently, behave really not in your heart, and in exchange, you will be rewarded with a currency. Mm -hmm. That system has quite honestly created this mass scale of inauthenticity and it's like it's like that's that to me that's the sort of underlying kind of thing that's happening here in mm-hmm. the world today absolutely and then it has this trickle out effect and so the people that are say working for a company the people who are running a company aren't necessarily, and this is a generalized statement, there are some, but aren't necessarily working in their hearts and being themselves. And then they birth a brand and they spread the good news quote about a brand that really isn't rooted in authenticity. Mm. And then it just breeds more because whatever they're trying to sell, or whatever message they're trying to spread doesn't have that like true, honest resonance at its core. So just as a little off, and that sounds like very esoteric and like very woo woo, but it's true. It's like, you can feel when brands, companies, teams, what have you have that like heart centeredness. You can just feel it as a human being, like trust yourself when you feel that. When you like buy from a brand, you're like, oh, this feels really good. I just bought this like handmade soap from this company and their mission is to do this and whatever. It's like, you feel it. You literally feel it. It feels different than when you buy Dove at Target. Yeah. The truth is you can't not hear or feel truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it is such this core thing. Like we are yes. all born with this technology where we can all pick up in some way, shape or form truth at the deepest core of us. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I know we've kind of been all over the, 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 the board here, but like, as I, as I say the word truth, I immediately think to myself, I, uh, have so many questions about building the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I like this, this, this part of me is super interested in when you began this, this path of truth with, with, with the podcast and you, so, and you and Chris were like, Hey, let's just do this. Like, it's fun. Like we're going to communicate like some, some, some of us were, mm-hmm. were, were both of you showing up that way when, when you launched the podcast in this like deeply truthful way. And actually, I, I know I'm asking a question, but I'm gonna keep going as you, as you went, I would also imagine being together because you guys are so close and I feel that when I hear you probably actually brings that out of each of you, this level of truth in mm. show. Yeah. I don't know if we were completely ourselves from the get-go. I think that took a little bit of practice and deprogramming. We came out the gate in 2016 with a show 
that was quite unpolished, a little raw, a little raunchy, a little all over the place. But, you know, the intention of sharing our experiences and just kind of learning right along with everyone was really pure. I just don't know if we were sitting in our true authentic voices from the get. That just took a little bit of time because ultimately when you are sharing something publicly as we were, you're thinking about who's listening. Am I being funny enough? Am I being clear enough? You know, there's all of these like voices that are like, you are not enough. And so you try to put on things that aren't you and you try to be something else in order to be seen or heard. And it's really not the way, but it's like the way we had to take in order to kind of come back to ourselves. But over the years, yeah, I feel like our friendship, our connection, which began just shortly, six months before we began the podcast, we were new friends, but you know, we've definitely spent a few lifetimes together. Mm on mission. And in this one, what's manifested as this podcast. And I, I, I think about it a lot, just how wild it is that we are doing a podcast like this during a time like this on earth. It's, it is exciting. It's daunting. It comes with responsibility. It is a self-study and it's on its own. So I don't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. But to go back to your question about like our connection, yeah, I think that over the years, as we've worked on our relationship, both through individual therapy and coaching, we have realized that our connection, our ability to be real with one another, to be truthful with ourselves and with one another, then translates through the show. So we've made that a priority. And anytime it feels a little funky, a little off, we check in because we would never want to bring that to the show. And it's like an ever, it's, it's a process that's still going on because I think what's happening in the world is changing all the time. And so I constantly have to check myself where I'm like, am I being true to myself? Am I coming with an open heart and with a pure intention to our audience because they deserve that? Am I making sure that I am encouraging myself and others to be responsible for themselves rather than just following us and what we do or say or whatever? So yeah, I'm always, always learning, but I think just being completely in reverence to that constant learning is the key. Like we'll never know everything. And I'm always willing to just kind of look at how I'm showing up and see how I can do and be better. Yeah. So as you, as you went along and building the podcast and doing the episodes and doing shows, were there moments along the way where like you guys looked at each other and you're like, like, this is, this is crazy that what's, what's, what's happening around us in terms of the, 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 the build of the community, the, 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 the listeners. And, and then as that grew and, 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 and scaled, what were you, what did you do to show up more authentically? Meaning like, and the, and where my head goes is like, as the, as the audience gets bigger 
it, I would imagine it gets more, maybe more of the like voices of like, okay, I need to show up as this certain way. Or maybe you got feedback when you showed up as the real McCoy, more people showed up to be part of the community. Is that- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of our moments where we felt like whoa, this is crazy. It was back in 2000 and yeah, 2019, we were on tour and we toured a bunch of cities around the country and internationally actually. And I believe it was at our San Francisco show that we had like 500 people in the audience. It was like a big venue for us, that was really big. And we just stepped out on stage and it was just the most warm welcome from who we felt like were our friends. Like our, our audience is feel like friends to us because we are constantly connecting with them, whether in the DMs or in the comments or through email or in our membership And it just felt so good to just be all together in one place and really feel the the energy of who we had been attracting over those years and just how pure it was. Like anytime we meet people, whether it's at an event or even just out in the wild, it's like, wow, I'm like, we... I'm just so proud because you can tell that people have found the show, found this content, found these conversations at the perfect time in their lives and have just felt so seen, so supported. And that is our intention. And so to hear that feedback and to feel how they feel about themselves because of some of the conversations that they've been privy to or the experiences or the connections that they've made through the community. I mean, it's everything. And I never, ever want to take that for granted. And I think a lot of podcasters overlook how important it is to connect with the audience. You know, we can sit behind a microphone and create our content and just go about our business, but I think that we were one of the first podcasts, at least female podcasts that really took it to that next level of like, we want to meet you in person. We want to know who you are. We want to know how this is supporting you and helping you, how we can do more. And um, I'm really proud of that. That's why Almost 30 has become what it has become, just this global community because we stepped out from behind the microphone and we're like, hi, we're, we're kind of, we are you and we're willing to really go there. Yeah. 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 And, and so, so hearing the stories, connecting with the community, feeling all of that must be such fuel for you to keep going, keep building, keep creating in service of of, of the community. And, and yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yes, I know, I know that it has been the case throughout the life of almost 30. And I also want to strike the balance of not confusing having an audience with, I need to show up for them every single day. I need to give them all these things. And I really want to strike the balance of like, what do is there anything that I'm neglecting? 
like for myself in order to show up as the best Lindsay possible when I do show up. And I think I'm thinking about this a lot because I feel so much transition in my life with the move and moving in with my partner and just feeling kind of like next season of my life upon me. It definitely involves almost 30 for sure. And I have this like yearning for balance of like, yes, public service sharing creation and privacy Mm. being with my own life, my relationships without having to share everything on a platform, because oftentimes I'm sharing before it's fully processed. And I don't think that's really serving people. So I think they will always inspire me always, always. And I always want to encourage people to not, it's like, just as I'm kind of pulling back from sharing every single thing, I want to encourage people to not outsource their intuition to every single person on the internet that they follow. Meaning meaning when there's a question about their life or about where their, what their direction is, the answer does not lie within anyone outside of them. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to always encourage people, like, it's so great to be listening to your favorite podcast, get that ping of, of inspiration or open up your favorite book and get that message that you needed or pull a, a card from your daily tarot. But I know that every single one of you listening has the answer already within you. And it's those things that just kind of remind you. So I just don't want it to come to the point where you're sitting there saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let me, let's see what almost 30 has out right now. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I I'll know after listening fine, but just know that you already know. And so seek intuitively those things that could remind you or be with the feeling of not knowing, be with the fear, be with anything that's coming up and trust that the movement of that feeling through you will bring about clarity on the other side. Yeah. 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 No, I totally, that's such good. That's sage, sage advice because yeah, we've, at least I was taught that it all, all the answers were outside all the answers were outside of me. It was really like, it's been this journey for me to, to, to recognize it's actually all within. Yes. Um, and so speaking of it all being within, you recently did an episode with this amazing human by the name of Zach Bush. And I know we've talked about it. And I keep thinking back to that episode and back to his words. First of all, what was the, can you talk about the experience of interviewing him? What was the experience of just being with him in his presence? What was that? What was that like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like, and I'm not exaggerating. I am not making fun of this experience. It was like being with Jesus. Like he has Jesus energy. And if that triggers anyone out there because they grew up Catholic, trust me, I know I grew up Catholic we're talking about like divine energy and he is here on quite the mission and it's not a, an easy path, but I just have so much respect for him. You can feel the, 
you can feel just the most pure love emanating from this human being. And it's difficult because what he's sharing, I think is incredibly, it's putting the power back in the people's hands. Mm -hmm. It's putting like our health in our own hands rather than outsourcing. And so there are a lot of societal structures and industries that really will not benefit from us being super empowered, especially around our health. So yeah, he's, he's got an uphill battle ahead of him and he's been on it, but he is so committed. And our conversation talked about a lot of things, but one of the things was just how fear affects our immune system. He says that our immune system is built on the opposite of fear. And so when we are in a fear state, which I think a lot of us have been in the last couple of years, our immune system doesn't really have a chance to work the way it's supposed to. Mm. But he's just, he's a pioneer. He is absolutely sent from God, in my opinion. I don't think he is a God, but I do think that he is bringing a message that will hopefully help people to remember who they really are, the power that they have within them, the power that their bodies have, and the power of nature. We were talking about nature at the beginning of this conversation. And yeah, nature nature has everything that we need, but especially in the last hundred years, we've been sterilizing nature. We've been sterilizing our soil. We're really killing the planet in essence. And by killing the planet, we're killing ourselves. You know, we kind of separate ourselves from nature. We've been kind of taught that through, through various messaging. And there's just a lot of polarization that makes us forget that oh, I am the tree. I am the soil. My microbiome is the sto- soil, you know, like, and we've forgotten that. And thus our food is dead. We're eating a ton of artificial things and breathing in artificial things. And yeah, it sounds pretty dire and, and hopeless, but there is hope. But we, I think this conversation has opened so many minds and hearts to this and open people's eyes and just made them question a little bit more. This is not about anti this, anti that. It's like, just open their eyes and hearts to, huh, maybe what I've been told isn't completely true. Or maybe I am more powerful than I've been told. Mm -hmm. I just got to share this. So he, he talked about in the interview and every I think it's once a week, he shares like many, many, many stories. And the only caption he has is, if there's one thing you do, it's get in nature into different microbiomes. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I am in a different natural setting, I literally see those words in my head. I mean, yesterday we were driving up US one and we pull off to these, to the, to these, these, these like beaches with the cliffs overlooking the Pacific. And we were down in these, these most amazing settings yesterday. 
And all I'm thinking is, is I'm breathing in different biome, different biome. Mm-hmm. I, I would like, since watching that, I, I would go to these, these waterfalls in, in, in outside of, in North Georgia, I would walk up and I would put my hands on the trees and smell them just to be breathing in new biomes mm-hmm. in, in, in listening to, to, to his words, which to me felt like I said earlier, you can't not hear truth. It lives in a different place in you. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's so profound, his words. So, so, so before you went into that interview, how do you prepare for that? How do you get ready? How do you like, listen, you know, for me getting ready for you, I mean, I was, you know, preparing like this, mm-hmm. This is an important discussion for me. It's like, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, on that level, what what is the what happens there? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's we've learned throughout the years that I think there is a tipping point of over preparation, and what I mean by that is like reading too many of his articles or pieces or what have you. I think you should know enough to be able to be super confident to talk to this individual. And I think we know what that is. Intuitively, we know how much is enough. And I always want to leave room for just my own curiosities in the moment. Because I think as interviewers and anyone out there that whether it's publicly interviewing people or maybe you interview people to hire them for a job or even if you're just in conversation with a friend or a family member, like that is is a type of dialogue that we're talking about here. And I think the ability to be as present as possible and curious in the moment as possible produces the most authentic, free-flowing, palatable conversation possible. If you're doing question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, fine. But I don't know if it's the most interesting and the most palatable to the heart. Yeah. Right. And so with Zach, we were just really, and he can talk. So we just let him roll and we would kind of pick things that really landed for us to kind of feed into the next part of the conversation. And, but we're talking about channeling. He channels, he channels, listen to the last 15 minutes of episode 451 of Almost 30 with Zach Bush, he channeled. We had hundreds of people message us saying they were in tears listening to the last 15 minutes and just how truly it was the divine speaking through him to every person that needed to hear that. And uh, yeah, I'll also say it was taken down off of YouTube. So this is the world that we're living in. So go listen to the episode on on Apple Podcasts so we can (laughs) get as many people listening to just this like very profound, clear, pure truth as possible. And again, it's not anti this or for this. It is literally just speaking the truth of who you are, which is of nature, of the divine. Well, listen, I mean, you, so I was sitting in my car in a parking deck, listening to the episode Mm -hmm. and the last 15 minutes, I was one of the people that were in tears and, 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 and I have this belief that when I get emotional, it is the 
most center core of my being that is touched. It is the center of my heart. It is the center of my soul that is hearing something that is the deepest level of truth. And I immediately sent it to as many people that I sort of could, could, could share it out to. And then I left you this message and I was just, just to like become very emotional. And, and the only thing I could think about was as time has gone on was why, why, why aren't more people able to hear it? Because instead of like saying what, like you should or shouldn't, mm. I think to myself, like, what is the data? Like, what's the science? Like what happens in the brain about why one would not hear that or dismiss that? Or when, when there's something actually in our own technology that occurs when you hear truth, where you feel it, you feel it either through you get chills on your skin, you get emotional, you feel tears. And there is a level of programming within people that either when those feelings come up, we shut them down immediately, or, or it's a fear-based reaction. And I am just in this mode of attempting to get behind the why. Like, why does that occur with people? Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer. And I, I don't know if you do either, but I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Again, I feel like we, the oneness of everything and we truly feel our innate capacity is to feel truth, is to know truth. Our innate capacity is to feel the sadness of another or the, the divine regenerative quality of plants. Like innately we are, we are connected to that. We are able to feel that. But I believe that if we were to actually be that connected, there would be a lot of things in our society that would have no place mm. and have no like purpose. And so without going down that rabbit hole, I think it's more so can we tune more into those feelings and trust those feelings? I think we doubt them. We're like, oh, I just get goosebumps. I don't know. Like sometimes I get goosebumps. It's like, no, what was, what was that feeling or what, what just kind of literally happened, but then also is there a, a more, um, a deeper other dimensional connection to maybe what you just heard or saw, or have you been asking for guidance? And so I think life is much more fun when we do that. I think life is much more fun when we are willing to believe that we can go there and we can be connected to more than just our phones and human beings. I think that we can connect far beyond that. And it's going to require us to turn down the volume on a lot of things that are distracting, that are taking our life force. And we know what those things are. We can feel it when we leave a group of people or an event or doing something or on our phones late at night. It's like, we feel it. We feel depleted. You know, like we definitely, we definitely feel that. So I it's a practice. We're, our world isn't necessarily built to facilitate this type of connection to the divine, to nature, to all these things, but we have to make the effort. 
Yeah, it definitely feels like the, like I talked about earlier, like where I, I do feel like we're all sort of part of this river that is, that is, that is flowing. And now this river though, in my opinion, is divinity. It is connection to spirit. It is these deeper, these, these, these deeper things. So many of us are going in a bit of an opposite direction. You have had and have interviewed some amazing humans like, yes, Zach Bush and like many different astrologers and intuitives and psychics, like these amazing human beings, healers that you have that and I've listened to all of them. And I'm just super curious, like what you walk away from with all of that knowledge that you've learned from this, this, this world of like healers, healing arts. Like, I feel like the, the, like to me, that's the real world. What is the like feedback on where we are going? And when I'm really kind of going into like this, I feel like we, we are definitely in this, this world, this, the, the world is rising in consciousness at the same time it's rising in consciousness things are happening that are not pretty and that are a bit harsh, if you will. What have you learned about where this thing goes and sort of what we can expect as we go along? I know it's a big question. Yeah. I mean, my human is like, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> this is crazy because <laughs> it is crazy, but you know, the types of conversations that we've had, especially in the last year or so, I think a common vision and a common truth that really lands for me is this idea of how can we, in big and small ways, liberate ourselves, become more and more of who we really are, stop explaining, over explaining why we are the way we are. Stop preventing ourselves from experiencing joy and pleasure and connection. And can we truly allow our souls to like lead the way? Because I think right now when you when we're in a state of fear and we're like scared of the unknown, it's hard to be creative. It's hard to be joyful. It's hard to feel connected. It's harder to trust. So I get that. But in what ways can we cultivate little moments in our everyday that truly liberate us? Can we get up and put on our favorite music and dance ecstatically and feel into our bodies? Can we sit with our partners and just like be in the soup of love that, you know, like brought us together in the first place? Can we, can we slowly eat fresh food that we've made? Can we honor the tree on every corner? Can, can we be with our children and really listen to them? It's in those ways, can we truly liberate ourselves and others to be who we really are? And that is who we are on a soul level. And I think the focus on that brings us out of the fear it's hard and I understand and I understand what's happening on a 3D level, but there's something much greater happening. And I think our energetic rebellion to this entrapment or just like, I don't know what to call it. Like just this thing that's not allowing people to be who they are, feel how they feel, believe what they believe and 
really pits everyone against one another. Like, can we truly be liberated, see each other as beautiful souls living their soul path and live in a more harmonious world? I believe that we can, but it takes, literally, it starts with you. It starts with you. And yes, it will make a difference. It will make a difference in your reality. It then will just butterfly effect and and hopefully affect other people's experience for the better. That might be the best place to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being the guide that you've been for me, for the encouragement, for the mentorship, and for what you are putting into the world. It is more important now than ever, ever, ever before. And so you are just quite an angel. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I feel the same about you and I'm proud of you. And this show is, you know, much needed. And that's like to say the very least, I think this is a divine creation that will reach so many people and for the right reasons and yeah, in its own way, change the world. So thank you. Hey, thanks for being with us today and joining me in my mission to help a hundred million children live out their greatest life. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Awakened Dad podcast and share with your friends and follow us on Instagram at The Awakened Dad. If you like what you heard today, please make sure to listen to our other episodes and thank you for being with us. 